Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a curious item indeed. If you'll come this way, follow me uh, to this section of the shop where we have on display various uh, pieces of antiquity children's dolls. We have a, a various assortment of old vintage dolls from the classic porcelain face dolls to more primitive childhood enjoyment, these stuffed animals here. And if you'll take a look at their various stuffed animals, many of these old stuffed animals take the form of bears. But the bear over here is one of particular importance. If you'll notice the orangish yellow fur, the pot belly, this bear almost might be considered a poo if you will. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new film, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a movie that I've been hearing about off and on for quite some time now. Uh, over the past year or so, there's been all this talk since the copyright lapsed on the Winnie the Pooh stories in January of 2022, it became public domain. And I've been hearing about this project in development, a Winnie the Pooh based horror movie. And I thought this is possibly a brilliant idea or possibly a horrible idea. I just wasn't sure what to make of it. Now, uh, to be frank about it, the Walt Disney Company still owns their uh, 1966 versions of Winnie the Pooh and all of the characters depicted. And, uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh with the classic red shirt that uh, only comes down to about the top of his belly. Uh, that stuff is still under copyright. Uh, the depictions of Walt Disney's characters still under copyright, but the A.A. Milne books and these characters uh, in their essence are what are pretty much up for grabs and in the public domain. And Reese Frake Waterfield came up with this idea to do this Winnie the Pooh themed horror story and essentially ruined the childhood for, for many of a young kid. But, uh, but he wrote the screenplay, he directed it, he produced it, he edited it. I mean, this guy is really a labor of love for him. And I'm going to be brutally honest about this movie. So, you know, it, it's no offense to, you know, I always hate uh, when I do have critiques about movies. Movies, uh, from people that really are invested in what they're doing and really have a love for what they're doing and really uh, are involved like Reese Frake Waterfield. He obviously uh, loves what he does and for the most part, uh, I'll say this about the movie before we get into any spoiler territory. This movie was better than I expected it to be and wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. 
if that makes any sense. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about that when we, we get into it, uh, into the into the movie proper. And I, I don't think I'm going to dedicate too much time. This is probably going to be a shorter episode uh, of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop because there's not uh, a lot of character to talk about. Uh, there's it's, it's essentially, this is a gore fest. But there are going to be spoilers. So I'm just going to throw this out here right now. Uh, be careful for spoilers. If you haven't watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, go to the movie theater and check it out. I believe, I don't know if it's going to be on streaming anytime in the not too distant future, but go check it out. Uh, I, I think if you're a horror fan, it is worth checking out. And it's definitely a movie that if you go with your friends, uh, you're going to have a good time. Uh, you'll probably have a, a better time if you wait and watch it when it's streaming and there can be some alcohol involved. <laughs> but but I think uh, ultimately it's not a horrible movie, uh, which I, I kind of thought it might be. So from here on out, spoilers, I have warned you. So we're going to move on. And that's kind of, like I said, uh, this movie was better than I thought it was. Because I really thought, oh, Jesus, I, I don't want to watch this. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be cheap. And it was made on the cheap, but it didn't seem as, as inexpensively made as it was. But I, I really thought this was going to be horrible. And it exceeded my expectations. Now, it set my expectations because of the look and, and some of the things that they did with this movie. It could have been a lot better. Um, there were things that I thought, oh, if they would have done this, that would have elevated this film and made it more horror and a better movie. So let's dive right into this. Uh, the premise of this movie, which I love how they did this. They did it in a very simply drawn animated open where they talk about how Christopher Robin, uh, once upon a time, went into the Hundred Acre Woods and met uh, Winnie the Pooh and all these characters. And they they come right out and say that these characters were hybrids. They were hybrid man and animal and he would bring them food all the time but then he grew up and had to go away to college and Christopher Robin wasn't there to feed them and bring them food so the animals Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore and Owl and Rabbit all started to starve and then it goes into a very dark moment where where Pooh Winnie the Pooh decides that they should eat Eeyore sacrifice him and eat Eeyore <laughs> so they can survive and and it, it deranged Winnie the Pooh and made it so he he hated humanity and and I, I don't know whether it says I've seen in some of the previews and some of the description of this movie that Winnie the Pooh acquires a taste for blood Winnie the Pooh and Piglet but I, I never really see them eating blood per se. So I, I don't know if that was something just in the marketing for this or if it was something I can't remember uh, right off the bat. I just watched this a few hours ago, but uh, I don't remember if they say that specifically, but he has a hatred for humanity and they stop talking after this. And and that's where we set off. And, and we go right into the live action portion of this with Christopher Robin and his girlfriend, 
uh, fiance Mary, I believe her name was. They're going into the Hundred Acre Woods. Christopher Robin, after all these years, he's he's becoming a doctor or has become a doctor and wants to take his his future wife to go meet his old friends Winnie the Pooh. And they go into the Hundred Acre Woods and they find where uh, Pooh and the gang should be living, but things are different. It's darker. It's a it's a really weird, creepy vibe. The smoke machines going and nobody is around. They go into this one. Uh, almost like Treehouse where Christopher Robin used to play with Pooh and the gang. And there's like this this piece of paper on the table that Christopher Robin's girlfriend or fiance says, oh, this is supposed to be you and Christopher Robin's, why would they do that to my picture? But we never get to see it. We get like a brief glance at it and I couldn't tell what was on there. They just didn't do a really good job of, of giving you a sense of what this picture was and and how it was defaced or, or what I don't even know because you just didn't get a really good shot at that they didn't establish what was what we were supposed to be seeing but Pooh and Piglet show up and it's a very menacing scene they don't show you Pooh and Piglet right away which I, I like that this whole scene with Christopher Robin his fiance and Pooh and Piglet are probably the most scary scenes and the scenes that build the most tension because you don't see Pooh and Piglet at all in this scene. For, for the most part, I mean, you see feet, you hear footsteps. Uh, it's mostly the reactions of Christopher Robin and Mary reacting, hiding, being scared. And, and they did a well enough job. Uh, that's one thing about this movie is the acting is not that great. There are a lot of scenes where people are supposed to be scared and it just doesn't come across. There are scenes where people are supposed to be upset. It works, but not great. I think the guy that plays Christopher Robin, Nikolai Leon, uh, probably does the best job as far as acting goes. I mean, there are times where he's being tortured later on in the movie that you really believe it. And you, there are scenes where he's upset at, at, at Mary being killed by Piglet and you really believe it. It's just really hard because uh, he's got a bit of an impediment where like his R's turn into W's and, and that was very distracting for me. But ultimately, I thought he did a good job with the role because out of all the actors, he probably put on the best performance in those things that you need in a horror movie. Playing the anguish, playing the torture, playing the upset that your childhood bear friend is killing people around you, uh, is torturing you. He, he did a good job with all of that. Uh, the girl that played Mary, uh, I, there was just it, it was not some of the best acting in the world, and uh, she had some moments in this opening scene, but for the most part, it just was very uh, lackluster to say the least. And I, I hate to say that because I'm not an actor, but just it, it just wasn't a very believable performance. But Piglet kills Mary, Winnie the Pooh attacks Christopher Robin, and that's the last we see of them. And then the next. Next thing we see, it's this scene between our, our main character, uh, Maria, played by Maria Taylor, and a psychologist. And she's going on about some experience that she's had that she's uh, she's becoming afraid again. And they don't really go into any, it's all vagary. They really don't go into details of what she's even talking about. But the therapist says that she needs to get away, get to some place she feels safe. So her and her friends are going off to rent a cabin in the Hundred Acre Woods. As we know, 
that is not safe. And you realize right away that that all these friends that Maria is has with her are are just there for fodder uh, for for Pooh and Piglet. Uh, you've got the one friend that she's kind of the glamour girl, and she wants to be on her phone and on Instagram all the time. You know she's not going to last long. There is the lesbian couple who you get a moment with them where you start to feel some of their backstory and some of their relationship, but that is all you get. This strife between them where the one is moving a little faster than the other wants to as far as feelings go, and then we get no more out of their relationship and no more out of those two that, that make you care about them any more than just the, on surface level. Uh, there's another character. She's the, the pretty girl with the glasses. Uh, I'm supposed. I'm guessing she probably is supposed to be the nerd of the group. And then there's the girl that is late that gets probably one of the grossest kills in this movie. But that's really what we're going to talk about. There's really not to talk much about character-wise because none of these characters are developed at all. You get a cursory background on the Maria character. We find out later uh, when she spills the beans to the group in a monologue of exposition that she was she had some stalker and there was a an experience she had uh, an incident she had where he broke into her room and started trying to slip the strap off her tank top while she's sleeping and this has traumatized her that's about as much we get with her the the lesbian couple we get a tiny little bit about their relationship at the beginning and that it's all for nothing because we don't learn any more about them uh, none of the characters are developed it at all in this uh save may christopher robin i can't even say his character was developed we know a little more about him just because we were told in exposition that he became a doctor we we're told that mary was his his fiance and they were going to be married but other than that we don't know much about him either outside of his relationship with Pooh and the gang from when he was a child so we're going to talk about the kills which you know the, in a horror movie like this which is essentially uh this is a gore movie uh that that's pretty much what you're watching this for and i'm going to talk about these characters in the loosest most easiest descriptors that i can use because i didn't know any of their names i didn't care about any of their names uh the first girl we we kind of see killed off is the the redhead girl that's late uh she stops to, to make a call on her cell phone can't get any reception so so where does she go uh she goes into the woods to see if she can get her better reception to where she sees Pooh and Pooh chases her down in one of the worst chase scenes not because of the the scene itself but they did like a not even a steady cam it was like a handheld cam somebody running along as the actors are running and it was so jerky and and motiony that like I was like sitting in my seat in the movie theater. I'm like, I, I want to puke. I'm going to get sick. This is, I can't, you got to stop. Stop shaking the camera. Uh, but we finally see them get to this garage where the girl goes in and they have a bit of a tent scene where she's hiding. Your stereotypical tent scene where the girl's hiding and the bad guy is walking around trying to find her and then bam, there he is. <laughs> but the kill, I think, is really what makes this scene because she's hiding against a wood chipper, uh, which I, I could tell because of the bell that opens up right above her head uh, where you'd feed the, the 
you know, branches and stuff into. Uh, and yep, she goes after she gets the her shirt ripped off by Winnie the Pooh, and we get to see her 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 bosoms. Uh, which you, you gotta have at least one pair of boobs in a horror movie. I think that is probably in the unwritten code of conduct for for horror movies. But she gets her top ripped off, and then she gets fed headfirst into this wood chipper, which was gross. But it, it could have been made more gross if they would have used real blood. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, the spray, the blood spray that he got on his face was practical. But the blood coming out of the wood chipper was all CG. And that's one of my biggest gripes with this film is that there was too much CG blood. I fucking hate CG blood. Uh, it's it's lazy. It's I know it's cheap. But how much is, uh you know diluting some caro syrup and red food coloring that that can't be that expensive pumping it through something uh to make good blood spray it can't be that fucking expensive you know people back in the the 70s and 80s that were doing horror movies on on shit shoestring budgets could pull that off why can't any modern horror directors just because you got a fucking program that's got all these cool smoke effects and explosion effects and here's a, a gun bullet ricochet effect and here's some blood dripping effect and here's some blood spray effect and here's blood squirting effect just because you bought the fucking program doesn't mean that's going to make your movie better use practical blood People that don't use practical blood in a horror movie are fucking lazy. I'm throwing that out there. And if I offend anybody, any filmmakers, I'm sorry. But you know what? It, it, it affects the quality of the product. It takes me out of a movie quicker than anything. When I'm like, oh, but that's, that's CG blood. Uh, because it doesn't move or act like real blood does. Uh, it, it, the only time the CG blood worked is when they did a scene in slow motion because the CG blood in, in live action felt like it was in slow motion. So when they did a slow motion shot with some CG blood, it actually worked because you couldn't tell that the blood was not moving naturally like blood would move. So anyway, I, I love the idea behind the kill. It was just wrecked by the fact that they used CG blood. Uh, of this this girl coming out the other end of this wood chipper. The next kill is the the glamour girl that's always on Instagram. She's in a hot tub uh, in a bikini. I thought we were going to see pair of boobs number two. We did not. It was probably in her contract. No boobs shall be shown. <laughs> but uh, she's in this hot tub listening to music, uh, drinking wine. And she did. This was probably another one of the quasi scarier scenes because she's taking selfies and she's looking at her selfies and and deciding which one she wants to post to Insta. And she sees something in the background of one of her shots and she zooms in and there's Winnie the Pooh. It would be a lot scarier if it wasn't Winnie the Pooh in the fucking plastic Winnie the Pooh mask but the potential for some real scares and then when she gets out of the hot tub and she's yelling uh you know thinking it is the guy that was stalking uh the Maria character that was kind of it, it's typical fare for a horror movie I know I've seen some reviewers and some people talking about the movie that thought it was it was funny it, it wasn't funny but it was like oh this 
this is how this scene's supposed to go because this is how the scene's supposed to go in all the other horror movies. It's how they've done it in all the other other horror movies. So let's do it the same way in this one. But then when Pooh finally captures her, and then we get this next scene where she is hogtied on the ground. Uh, Piglet's got this this sledgehammer, and you think, oh, he's gonna bash her brains in. No, Pooh's in a car. And he's got the headlights shining on her and runs over her head. Uh, disgusting. Would have made, I, I think they used some CG blood to try and enhance it. It's CG blood, newsflash. Unless you're paying high dollar for your CG and high dollar for your CG blood. When it's done right, CG blood can enhance an already bloody scene. But like I said, when it's done right and it's done well with good quality CG work, when it's just some shitty program you bought at Best Buy, it doesn't enhance anything. It takes an already good practical effect and just wrecks it because, oh, there's the CG blood squirt. But for the most part, the practical in this, I thought, was was fun and really good. Crushed heads, you know, that's always good fare for a, for a horror movie, especially a, a gory one. Then the next couple kills were kind of standard fare. The, the lesbian couple, I think, get it next. Um... No, I take that back. One of the one of the girls in the lesbian relationship, she takes a a sledgehammer from Piglet across the face in a pool, which was I I almost liked it because they did it from the shot was from behind Piglet, and you see him swing and you see the connect, but it's just a little out of focus, and it it was jarring to watch. I, I liked that they didn't feel you had to do a close-up on the hammer hit or, or anything like that. Uh, to me, actually, that was an interesting shot to do it like that. Do it from behind the, the one wielding the weapon and the the actual hit being just out of focus. Uh, that, to me, was an interesting shot, and I, I liked that kill. Uh, then we have the next couple kills happen as the girls end up trying to hunt down Pooh and Piglet because Maria realized she has a gun. One of the most ridiculous scenes because this was after Pooh and Piglet broke into the house. The one girl was killed in the pool. Maria realizes that she bought a gun after she had this stalker and she's got it up in her room. Why the fuck didn't you think about that at first? And then they get up there and she's like, she can't remember where she put it. I think I would remember where I put my fucking gun. And this gun is huge. I can't imagine, and I've owned guns for quite some time, and and I've known females that have owned guns for quite some times, and I know a lot of females prefer a smaller handgun, and I know that, because it's just easier to control. A big, overpowered gun, you're not going to have any accuracy unless you're comfortable with it, and you're used to it. She obviously had a scare, went out and bought a gun, and, and no gun dealer in his right mind is going to suggest this big ass dirty hairy looking gun to a woman that's never used a gun before but yeah she finally finds this gun it is this huge ass uh i don't know it must be a i don't know if it's supposed to be a 357 a huge ass handgun and they're going after Pooh and piglet and they finally find them in their little living area with all the buildings there's a lot of shit in this area i don't know you see a skull at one point next to a bicycle you know they've been killing people off and on for for years we get some of that in the opening credits with some of the news reports 
They rescue Christopher Robin and he disappears forever. After they rescue Christopher Robin, they find some other woman. I, I think it's just an extra that they they showed earlier, but they find this other woman that is captured and tied up by Pooh and Piglet. And one of the most ridiculous scenes ever in, in horror, she's tied up, bloodied, beaten, God knows what else happened. They kind of infer that some other things happened with Piglet and this woman, but they're asking her, what happened to you? She's fucking tied up and she's bleeding and her face is beaten. It doesn't matter what happened to her. <laughs> Get her out of there. But as they leave, uh, the woman grabs the gun and she's going to take down Piglet because of all the things she did with him. Uh, she fires, just fires the gun for no apparent reason. Piglet comes out and she goes to shoot him and click the gun's empty. After one, who the fuck loads their gun with one bullet. Uh, it, it was just ridiculous. It's nonsensical. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming somebody that's never used a gun before probably wrote this. <laughs> but at any rate, she ends up getting killed. The one girl that her girlfriend was killed by Piglet earlier grabs a, the sledgehammer and bashes in Piglet's head. And then this is where Pooh runs the machete through her mouth. Uh, the girl with the glasses and Maria escape. And apparently they have redneck hillbillies in England because they run into a group of four of them. But these guys are very chivalrous and they're going to take care of Winnie the Pooh because Winnie the Pooh is being a jerk to these uh, fine, lovely ladies, and they beat the bejesus out of Pooh until Pooh flips the switch and kills, well, kills three of them. The one guy just runs away. But uh, it's at this point that the girl in the glasses gets her head ripped off. Uh, it, it happens off camera. Like, Maria's in the car. Pooh and the girl go down to the ground, and then Pooh comes up holding the head. There again, it, it could have been gory and good, but we didn't even see it. The whole kill was off camera. But then Christopher Robin makes his reappearance by driving a car into Pooh, pinning Pooh between the redneck car that the our main girl, Maria, is in and, and the car that Christopher Robin is driving. Now, the thing that is bad about this is that he hits Pooh and pins Pooh between this other vehicle. The other vehicle doesn't move one inch. And as we see later, when Pooh is escaping this uh, predicament that he's in, he pushes the car behind him, the redneck car, away like the thing is in neutral. And it just, it's the continuity of it all. And this, this movie was full of continuity errors. Uh, there's one scene where Maria is carrying the gun. The next scene, she doesn't have the gun on her at all. And then the scene after that, she has the gun again. Uh, there's the, the continuity with, with how a car hitting another car and pinning somebody in between them, you know, the, the physics of all that. Uh, I believe there were some shirt issues with continuity. It just, there was a lot going on that it just wasn't, there wasn't any attention to detail. But we did have an interesting showdown at the end between Christopher Robin and Maria and Winnie the Pooh, where Winnie the Pooh has Maria and Christopher Robin's begging him to let her go and that he'll stay. He'll stay with Winnie the Pooh. He's sorry for what he did. Sorry for leaving him. He'll stay if if Pooh will just let 
Maria go and Winnie the Pooh ends up slitting her throat. And the first time you hear him speak, he says something like you left, you already left or something like that. And in this low guttural voice and Christopher Robin runs away and Pooh takes the knife and is jams it into Maria's head. And then it's cut to black roll credits. And that's where we end this. It was a bit of a jarring abrupt end and I know what they're doing because Reese Frake Waterfield has said that he wants to do a sequel to this, at least one sequel to this movie. So I imagine we'll we'll see Winnie the Pooh show up again. We never, you know, Eeyore was eaten earlier where, you know, before the movie even started. Uh, Piglet's dead, we assume, uh, but that may not be. He's a human animal hybrid who knows how tough his skull is but we never saw rabbit or owl so i have to imagine they would make an appearance in the next winnie the pooh uh blood and honey movie or whatever they're going to call it so definitely more to come from winnie the pooh in horror movies i I don't know like i said this movie was a lot better than i was expecting but it could have been better than what it was I liked the fact that, you know, I've heard some people refer to this as a horror comedy. I, I didn't really feel like there was any comedy in this. They weren't trying to be funny. They were trying to make a, a legit horror movie. And I think the subject matter, Winnie the Pooh killing people, Piglet killing people, kind of comes across as funny. But I don't think it was intended to be a comedy in any stretch of the imagination. I think they were setting out to make a a straight-up horror film. And I think in some regards, it did work as a horror film. It was, you know, it had some moments, especially that first scene with with Christopher Robin and Mary and Pooh and Piglet. Uh, There was some real tension built. Uh, The first chase scene with that redheaded girl and Winnie the Pooh, there was some real tension they were building there. But then all of a sudden, you know, you lost any tension you were building and it just all became about the gore, which like I said, didn't work for me, not because I don't like gore, but most of the gore was done with shitty CG blood effects, which I I just can't can't stand those. They just look so fake and take me out of the moment of the horror uh, that I'm supposed to be witnessing in this moment. And then uh, then the kills just started to become like an afterthought to the horror of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet killing people. Like the, the one girl getting her head ripped off. We didn't even see that happen. We just saw the aftermath of it. Another thing, I liked the look of the movie for the most part. I thought the look of Pooh and Piglet was was not bad. And they did some things. I wish they would have done a little more of it to just give it a more of a sense. For the most part, it looked like it was a, a guy wearing a rubber Winnie the Pooh or a rubber Piglet mask. Uh, but I wanted some more scenes that gave it a sense of realism because there were some moments where you see, you know, that redheaded girl, she's hiding behind this this chipper, and Winnie the Pooh is right behind her, just slightly out of focus, but you see a little bit of an ear wiggle, and it worked. I'm like, oh god, that, that looks great. It makes it makes me feel like this is real and not just some guy in a mask. I wish they would have done some more of that. 
Spend your CG money on doing shit like that and not the CG blood. Use some real blood and save the CG shit for the things that matter, like making these creatures, making these characters feel real and alive and not like somebody in a plastic mask. Like I said, the, the acting wasn't that great. And it was also compounded by the fact that they have, you know, some of the characters say lines very quick and they've got you know, some of them thicker than other British accents, and just like some of the some of the dialogue, I just I couldn't tell what what did she say. I wish there was some subtitles so I could tell what was being said. And, and kind of going back to the look of it, I, I like the look of the film for the most part, outside of some miscues on where they should have used the CG. The lighting was a real problem with this movie, though, because they had some scenes that were in very low light or the light. Uh, sources were like flames or lanterns and there were just some scenes where you couldn't really see what was going on low light works in horror when it's done right but this was just the the scene wasn't necessarily important and i just couldn't see what was going on even if it was important so the lighting was a real issue in this as well. Now, I will say the two actors that played Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, Craig David Dowsett uh, played Winnie the Pooh and Chris Cordell played Piglet. I-, I thought they did a good job. They both, you know, they both very much had a, you know, the guy that plays Winnie the Pooh, Craig David Dowsett, is a big hulking guy, had very much a leather face meets Jason uh, vibe to him. Uh, and his movements and same with with Chris Cordell who played Piglet he's a little bit shorter because uh, Piglet is a, a smaller character but still a big uh, hulking guy but uh, very much kind of had uh, that kind of Leatherface feel to his movements and I, I thought both of them did a really good job with the the acting that they had to do because it's all in the performance it's all in the movements because you can't act with your face you can't act with your voice it's all in how and they they both felt menacing uh they both felt uh creepy in in their movements and and how they portrayed their body language in in these scenes with these other actors But I have to say, I I will be interested to see where this story goes because the movie has done quite well. I mean, they made this movie for, I believe, just under $100,000. And the weekend box office for this movie on President's Day weekend is about $2.7 million worldwide. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, more like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Money. This is is making money. And we're, we're seeing a trend of that. Really low budget horror movies making bank at the box office. So they are going to do a sequel to this. I believe it's already been greenlit by the producers and the, the studios that are involved in this. Uh, I believe they've got about five times the budget. So uh, roughly about a $500,000 budget for the next movie so maybe some of those problems that we had that i had uh lighting they did well with the practical effects i really like the practical effects in this just the cg blood was horrible maybe they can spend money on some real practical blood and and work on the effects with the with the faces of Pooh and and what other characters they're going to be doing in this sequel i'm interested to see what this group of people and especially Reese Frake Waterfield, uh, what he can do with a bigger budget. And I think he can, I, you know, there's a, there's a good base for a good horror movie here. I just think if you can spend the money on a better cast, uh, you can spend the money on better effects 
for the characters, the two main, you know, effect characters, a little more money on real good gore prosthetics and blood. I, I think you've got the makings of, of something really cool. And plus the Christopher Robin character, you have to imagine he's coming back. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, Christopher Robin's Revenge. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with that. Uh, I also hear that Reese Frank Waterfield has a couple other projects in mind. It's been announced that he wants to do Bambi the Reckoning and Peter Pan's Never Lay a Nightmare based on uh, Bambi's A Life in the Woods and, and Peter Pan respectively. So it may be interesting to see some Peter Pan and some Bambi horror films coming out sometime soon. I know there's a, a bunch of other things that Reese Frank Waterfield has, has talked about wanting to do. And, and you know, with the success of this, he's going to have the opportunity to do some of those projects. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what he comes up with. Uh, with the sequel to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. A, the, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie we never knew we needed. I'm not even sure yet that we need it, but we got it. And like I said, it was better than I expected because I really had my expectations low for this. I thought, because in, in the trailers and stuff like that, it just looks like a guy in a, a plastic Winnie the Pooh mask. But I, I think they pulled it off better than I thought they were. But then once that bar was raised in my expectation as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, well, this could have been much better. So, yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be, but not as good as it could have been. But you be the judge of it. Go check it out for yourself. If you love horror, if you love gore, you'll want to check out Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's in theaters right now. Probably going to be streaming in the not-too-distant future, I have to imagine. Uh, so check that out and see for yourself. Maybe you're going to like it more than I did. Uh, maybe you'll like it uh, not as much as I did. I, I'm kind of like right there in the middle. I'm not quite sure yet how I feel about this movie. But I'm glad I watched it, so uh, check it out for yourself. I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Honey. Please check out more on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop's Facebook page. We're always posting trailers to the latest movies and series out, as well as finding articles from all over the internet, sharing them there, adding my two cents. Please check us out on Instagram as well. And don't forget, wherever you listen to this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, follow it, whatever you gotta do, share it, share the episodes with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. And as always, please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!